Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Yeah, everybody's ready. Seems like we're the only team that hasn't played. But, yeah, guys are excited and ready to roll. That's Blues coach Craig Berube speaking with the media earlier today. The Blues open up their season tomorrow night. He said it seems like everybody else has played, and here the Blues are waiting all the way till Saturday to get their season started. Uh, the first couple official games of the regular season took place in the Czech Republic last week, and then teams started opening up their seasons this week on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. And now here we are. The Blues are finally, are finally going to uh, open up their season coming up tomorrow evening. They are going to be at home as they match up against the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's going to be their only home game until October 26th as they're going to hit the road for three games uh, after tomorrow night. So uh, Barubi did meet with the media earlier today, had a number of things to say, and the thing that probably is getting the most media attention, and rightfully so, uh, Alexei uh, Torpchenko, who's coming off a shoulder surgery in June, there is a possibility that he is going to be in the lineup coming up tomorrow. We'll make a decision tomorrow. Yeah. Check out, see how he did today. He looks ready. You know, he's skating extremely well and he's strong. So um, we'll just see tomorrow. Craig, we've asked you a number of times just about his rehab and preparation <clears throat> to get to this point. Do you just it's continue hard to be work. impressed with yeah. what he's done? Well, I spent the whole summer here pretty much and, and worked. Um, you know, he's he's got a great work ethic, and, um, you know, that's part of it. And, you know, that's why he recovered so quickly, I'm sure, um, that he put the time in. What does he bring to the lineup? Well, a lot. Um, you know, he's a great skater, so he just he's pressures the pucks everywhere. He's a good forechecker, big, big guy, obviously. Um, you know he can penalty kill, check. He does a lot of. He's got good details to his game, but um, you know when you see a guy like him out there, you know the team really feeds off his energy and his forward checking and his skating and his work ethic goes a long way. Yeah, I know you're focused on the hockey, but he seems like a real personal kid, good for a locker room. You mean, you like his very good, yeah, very personal. I've never seen him in a bad mood. I might have to ask him what he, what he does. He's not normally never in a good mood. He's like the happiest guy around. Yeah, he is. He's got a great personality. When you envision so that line, gonna, is it? What do you envision that line can bring with, with that? Well, hard to play with? against. You know, like three of them are hounders, and they're going to check and do all the little stuff that's uh, needed. They're going to forward check hard. And they're going to be hard on the other team. So you're going to ask Torpo for advice on how to be I happy. Might, yeah. Yeah. You know, concern is that he hasn't played a game in the preseason, that he hasn't played since the end of last year? Well, whether he plays now or 10 games in, it's still his first game. Well, he could go to Springfield for a, to do a rehab assignment. Well, I think he's, I think he's ready to go. 
I listened to that, and, and Torpchenko had said before that media availability that he's good to go for tomorrow. So I I think we're going to see him in the lineup, a young guy. It's going to be fun to see what he can do. He's a fourth-line player. You look at the lines, and uh, Ryan O'Reilly along with uh, Jordan Cairo uh, going to be on a line together. And uh, Barui was asked about whether or not the chemistry is coming along with those two players. I think they're coming along. I do. I just still think it's a, you know, it's going to take time. they got to play some real games and um, see what see what they look like again it's just going to be a little different look um, than when David Perron was here he played a certain way David and O'Reilly would feed off that way um, he knows how Kairou plays and and Kairou knows how he plays and he's got to find some chemistry that way are they a pair are they a pair when you when you have lines and you might keep them together and change wings or O'Reilly and Kairou are they well I think Saad fits in well with O'Reilly he's played most of the year last year with him I know we move guys around at times but he's played a lot of hockey with them and I think they have good chemistry together so um, you know we'll see like I said I don't know we'll see how it goes if everything goes well, that is your top line. Brandon Saad, Ryan O'Reilly, and Jordan Kyrou. A couple other things uh, that uh, Barubi said in his uh, media availability today. He was asked about playing Columbus because we've talked about the fact the Blues are getting started so much later than uh, so many other teams. Columbus is already going to have uh, two games played by the time uh, they get to this matchup against the Blues tomorrow night. They'll have a couple games already played, so... They know already, you know, they're already feeling and timing and things like that. But uh, our guys are going to be energized tomorrow, and you got to control your energy and you got to control your emotions as much as you can. There'll be a lot of excitement for sure in the building. So we want to play aggressive. We want to be aggressive. We want to be hard to play against. And, um, you know, that's, that's focus on that. Focus on a couple things we need to do. Baruby was also asked just about his excitement level going into the regular season. For sure, um, like I said, we you know we you know we take we take some time off after the season. That goes away after a while. You're ready. You're you get antsy in the summertime, and you're ready to get back at it. That's what we do for a living. You know, it's uh, sometimes it's a couple months is a long time. I mentioned this yesterday. I'm not completely trying to you know just repeat everything that I said on yesterday's show, but I, I didn't. I didn't completely realize it. Like, I'm, I'm not a huge sports gambling guy, and I'm not always, like, looking at the odds. And then yesterday we replayed a conversation with uh, Chris Kerber, and he mentioned during that conversation that from a national standpoint, the Blues are not really that highly thought of. And I went to look at the odds because that's the best way to kind of evaluate how a team is viewed from an outside perspective. What are their odds to uh, win and what are the teams uh, that are in front of them? And to me, and I'm not trying to be a complete total homer here, but you look at the Blues roster, the Blues, the, the some of the players who are on the roster and their track record, the fact that they do tend to have uh, some postseason success, they have the 13th best odds to win the Stanley Cup this year. I'm not saying they should be a Stanley Cup favorite. I don't even know if they should be top three, top six. I'm not saying that. But are they? should they be in a better than a top 13 position? Yeah. These are the 12 teams who have better odds than the Blues to win the Stanley Cup. The Colorado Avalanche, who are the odds-on favorite to uh, win again this year, followed by the Carolina Hurricanes and Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, then the Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay Lightning, Edmonton Oilers, 
Calgary Flames, New York Rangers, Pittsburgh Penguins, Minnesota Wild, Vegas Golden Knights, and Boston Bruins. Those are all the teams that have better odds to win the Stanley Cup this year than the Blues. And then when you get into uh, the Western Conference and where they sit there, uh, they have the sixth best odds, the teams with better odds to uh, win the West. Again, the Avalanche followed by the Oilers, the Flames, the Wild, and uh, also the Golden Knights. So it, it just feels like they are a little bit undervalued odds to win the division. A lot of those um, conference teams are in the Central Division, which once again is going to be very good. They've got the fourth best odds to win the division with the Avalanche, the Wild, and the Predators all having better odds than them to uh, win the division. So that's that's where it sits right now. The um, the odd thing is, like some things, sometimes things just don't make sense. The Nashville Predators have better odds than the Blues to win the division, but the Blues have better odds than the Predators to win the Stanley Cup. Again, things that sometimes just simply do not make sense. That's probably based around the fact that the Blues do seem to be a team that uh, is somewhat, at least somewhat, built for the postseason. All right, we're going to talk some uh, college football coming up in uh, just a moment. Missouri, they've got the weekend off. Illinois ranked in the top 25. They've got a big game. And uh, from a national perspective, there's some pretty big games that are going to be going on uh, tomorrow as well. Uh, Dennis Dodd is going to uh, join us in uh, just a few moments. He uh, covers uh, college football uh, nationally for uh, CBS Sports. And he is with us in just a moment. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Your home of the Cardinals. Arnado swings and hits it deep to left field. That ball is out of here. The Billikens. Jumper. Yes! Billikens win! The Chiefs. Touchdown! Kansas City! We are America's sports voice. KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue here on a Friday night. My name is Matt Pauley. Coming up uh, in about 10 minutes, let me rewind just a bit. If you uh, were not with us for the first hour of the program, uh, we dedicated the entire first hour uh, to talking about uh, Bruce Suter. And uh, we had a number of guests on in that first hour. Rick Hummel, Kyle McClellan, and Ron Jacober all joined us and uh, shared their thoughts um, about Bruce Suter. Coming up in about 10 minutes or so, we'll open up the phone lines for you and give you the opportunity to uh, share uh, your thoughts about uh, about Bruce Suter and just uh, what uh, what he meant to do. So, um, yeah, and also if you want to text in anything on that, 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. You can text or call. Uh, so, yeah, we'll call. take your calls on Bruce Suter in about uh, 10, uh, 10 minutes after learning earlier today that he had passed away at the age of 69. Yeah, and if you missed the first hour, really had cool conversations uh, with Rick Hummel, Kyle McClellan, and Ron Jacober, as it certainly is a, a sad day for Cardinals fans today. We are going to shift gears, though. Very happy to uh, welcome onto the program National College Football Writer, for uh, CBS Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at DennisDodCBS. I believe he's coming our way right now from uh, Knoxville, Kentucky. Dennis uh, uh, Dennis Dodd joins us on the program. Dennis, thank you so much for taking some time. I'm, I'm great. Thanks, guys. It's a, it was a long day, so I'm at dinner. I apologize. It's 
a little bit noisy here. Yeah, no problem uh, whatsoever. Talk to me a little bit about the you uh, the the excitement in Knoxville as this Tennessee Alabama game with both teams sitting there in the top six. Uh, it's it's been a while since these two teams have played with the stakes that high. Well, since 1989, have uh, Alabama and Tennessee met undefeated, and Alabama's won 15 straight games. And there's a tradition here where they, the winner smokes a cigar on the field. It goes back decades. And you can't find a cigar in Knoxville right now. That's how good they feel about this game. How good is it for college football when a program like Tennessee is having success? I think it's great. Uh, I've realized this since last July 1st, 2021, when NIL started. Everybody predicted the game would change forever. On Saturdays like this, nobody's thinking about the fact that Bryce Young may be making $2 million a year in NIL. There's still the innocence. Uh, there's still, you know, for the people that come back to their alma mater, none of that matters. It's just college football. There's still an innocence involved in this game, and that's what's going to be involved in here tomorrow. Two teams, 6-0. and uh, as I mentioned, 1989, who's going to, you know, Bryce Young, who's going to play, if he's going to play. None of the money stuff matters, frankly. Yeah. Are we talking about Hendon Hooker enough? I mean, here's a guy who came in as a transfer to come, you know, to compete for the starting job next year, but since, or last year, since he won it, I mean, this guy has been one of the best quarterbacks in college football. Hendon Hooker was at Virginia Tech, and on December 6, 2020, had a react this is a long story had a reaction to heart medication he has been examined for a heart problem which turned out to be nothing in september of 2020 but he had a reaction to the medicine three months later on national television he actually had convulsions on the sidelines and the uh the coaching staff lost faith in him and that's why he transferred but he transferred to jeremy pruitt and Jeremy Pruitt was fired 19 days after he came. Hmm. Josh Heifel was hired and brought in Joe Milton from Michigan, and he won the job. I mean, this is, I wrote a story last week about how he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, and you're seeing it now. He's so efficient. This quarterback in his career, 66 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. The average in any NCAA year is about 2.2 touchdowns to one interception. Uh, for a quarterback. So he is beyond expectations and maybe the biggest reason Tennessee might win tomorrow. It feels like this is the first really big week into college football. In addition to Tennessee, Alabama, in the SEC, you've got Mississippi State and Kentucky. Uh, in the Big Ten, you've got uh, the Michigan-Penn State game. Uh, in the Big 12, you've got the two undefeated teams left in the league and Oklahoma State and TCU. The ACC, NC State, and Syracuse all of a sudden has turned into a, a really big game as Syracuse has had a nice start to their season. I don't know, maybe I'm just a prisoner of the moment right now, but it, it really feels like this number of big top 25 matchups we haven't really had so far this year. No, you're absolutely right. Nobody's talking about TCU and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State literally came within inches of winning the Big 12 last year and going to the playoffs. They were stopped on four tries inside the two-yard line by Baylor in the Big 12 championship game, and here they are undefeated again with Mike Gundy and then TCU 
with Sonny Dykes, who came over from SMU, has them undefeated in one of the best games of the season last year. They won at Kansas to set this up. And look, the winner is going to be in the playoff race. We talked about Tennessee and Alabama. The winner is going to be challenging for a playoff race. I think there's three. I think three of the spots are spoken for. You know, Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia. Even if Alabama loses tomorrow, they can win out and secure a playoff spot. But these other games, Michigan, Penn State. I think Michigan's better than they were last year when they went to the playoffs won the Big Ten, and now Blake Corm is going to be an All-American at the tailback at the halfway point in the season. And Penn State is coming in there. They're a very good team, but I think at the end of the day, Penn State playing at Michigan, uh, and Michigan has outscored teams double digits in every game. I think that's the difference in the game. Before we let you go, we're talking with uh, Dennis Dodd from CBS Sports. Just uh, in terms of the local teams here to St. Louis, Illinois is in the top 25. They're 5-1. and one. Somehow they lose to Indiana, and we look at Indiana's resume over the last few weeks, and you go, if Illinois, Illinois should have won that game, and if they win that game, they're undefeated. How much are you believing right now in the fighting Illini? I believe in him totally. Brett Bielma's a fantastic coach. We know what he did at Wisconsin. Three Rose Bowls, three Big Ten championships. Whatever happened at Arkansas is forgotten. Now he's gone to Illinois. He's a Big Ten guy. That defense is fantastic. I think they're averaging less than double digits per game. And in this game, that's you've got to count on Chase. Let's about Chase Brown is, I think, number one or number two in rushing in the country right now. And that's what, you know, that's what Brett Bielma wants to do. So I, I, I think they're absolutely um, for real. And this game tomorrow is going to be fantastic. On the other side of things, Missouri's not playing this weekend, but they're having a disappointing season. They're 2-4 and four with their only wins coming against Louisiana Tech and Abilene Christian. Probably their most impressive game was their loss against Georgia. It really, here locally, it feels like they are not as far as they should be under Eli Drinkwitz. Would you agree with that? I would agree. They keep finding different ways to lose, and I, I'm a Missouri alum, so I remember the fifth down. I remember the flea kicker and that Auburn game struck to the heart of how many different ways can Missouri, you know, find ways to lose. And then they lose to Florida by seven points. Not as not as an emotional or as close as that, but they seem to be find, finding ways to lose. I think Eli Drinkwitz is a great offensive coordinator. He literally went after every quarterback who was on the market in the offseason. He settled for the for the uh, Southern Miss guy, he's not even playing. Brady Cook is. Brady Cook is. And it's just a situation where you've got to maximize what you've got. Um, you know, Missouri Missouri is along with Nebraska. Ten years, 13 years ago for Nebraska, 10 years ago for Missouri, they left the Big 12. And I'm not going to say they should go back, but I am saying they lost their culture, they lost their history, and this is what it is. Uh, Missouri can come back. But it's going to be tough. If they get rid of Eli Drinkowitz, it's $12 million guaranteed. He signed – think about this. He signed a four-year – I'm sorry, six-year, $24 million contract for $4 million a year. So if Missouri wants to take a, make a change, if Desiree reached Francois, the AD, it's going to cost them $12 million. I was, I was thinking about this the other day. Is there a more challenging place in the country – 
to rebuild a program, the Missouri, because you're a you're in the SEC. Even programs in the SEC, like a Vanderbilt, at least you're in Nashville. At least you you've got you know kind of some football crazy. You kind of fit that that SEC footprint a little bit better. It is. I'm not trying to make excuses for the Tigers, but man, that's a tough rebuild. Well, people ask me before the season, how good is Missouri going to be? And I would say, look, they're getting the same amount of TV revenue as Alabama. It's up to them what they do with it. And so far, since, you know, the Gary Pinkle years, when he went to the SEC championship game, the first two years they were in the league, they haven't capitalized on that. So um, they have to do that. They have to invest in facilities. You know, if Eli Drinkwitz is the guy, then he's the guy. But I've always thought, and I know this sounds harsh, I always thought that Missouri was a Western outpost outlier to balance out the league when Texas A&M was admitted. Uh, what was it, 2013? Texas A&M made, made total sense. You get, SEC gets into Texas. They need to balance things out. They go to Missouri, and Missouri lost its culture. And it lost its tradition when it went to the SEC. Yeah, I agree 100%. He is uh, Dennis Dodd. You can read him at uh, CBS Sports. Uh, Dennis Dodd CBS is the the Twitter handle. Dennis, thanks so much for your time. Enjoy the rest of the weekend in Knoxville. Hopefully it's a great game tomorrow. And uh, hopefully we can chat with you again in the future. All right, thanks so much. All right, there's Dennis Dodd joining us here on the program. All right, here's what we're going to do next. You can start calling now, 314-436-7900. The phone number is 314-436-7900. I don't do this too often, but I want to do it today. I want to hand the show off to you. I want to hear your stories. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear how you feel from an emotional standpoint on the uh, passing of Bruce Souter today. Uh, we're going to try to get as many people in as possible, so I'll ask you probably to be uh, as quick with your thoughts as possible. But if you want to share your feelings on Bruce Souter, do so by calling 314-436-7900. This is Sports Open Line. We're back with more in a moment on KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue. My name is Matt Pauley. I thought this was important to do. We spent the first hour of the program uh, talking with uh, people who knew Bruce Souter and could uh, pass along some stories. Rick Hummel, Kyle McClellan, Ron Jacober uh, all joined us. I wanted to give you the opportunity to uh, share your thoughts, share your stories. Uh, all show long, I've been encouraging people to uh, text in and tweet in. I've gotten a few uh, text messages. Uh, one person saying, one thing I've not heard anyone say yet is Jack Buck would refer to him as here comes engine number 42 out of the bullpen. I was a teenager then sitting there with my grandpa listening to those games, and it just brings a smile to my face right now. I'm thinking of those moments sitting there with my grandpa. Jeff texting in says, met Bruce at Shannon's after a game one night, sitting at the bar, signed my cards cap, could not have been nicer. If you want to share your thoughts, you can call or text 314-436-7900. Terry has given us a call. Hey, Terry, you're on Sports Open Line. Uh, yeah, Bruce Suter will always be my favorite Cardinal. And the reason is, I'm going to go back to 1980 before he came here. Uh, Ken Boyer was managing. We had five, we ended up 74 and 88 that year. We had five All-Stars, Simmons, Hernandez, Ken Reitz, Templeton, and George Hendrick. We had a really good starting staff of Pete Bukovic, Forge, Silvio Martinez, and John Fulgham. John Fulgham was kind of like what Jack Flaherty is now. But 
the thing was, we lost 28 games that year, I think it was, in the 8th and ninth, 7th, 8th, and ninth inning. Both, most of them happened in the 8th and ninth innings. And that year was so depressing. It was kind of like we lost game one. That happened all the time that year. And as a fan, it was so bad that Ken Boyer got fired. Whitey comes in. He gets Bruce Suter. They kept a lot of those same relievers. They just added Suter. And a lot of those guys that couldn't close, they used them in the sixth and seventh inning, and Suter would take care of the eighth and ninth. They lost one game in 81. I think they lost two games in 82 when they had a lead going into the seventh inning. As a, and as a fan, it just made you appreciate him so much, and that's why he will always be my favorite Cardinal. Terry, I appreciate that. I've, I brought this up in the first hour. I'll ask you, do you think there is a player in Cardinals history who had a bigger impact and is more revered having spent less time in the organization? He only pitched for the team for four years, and he had that kind of impact. Yeah, the only, I agree with Rick Hummel. Maybe McGuire is the only one that can compare, but no, no. Yeah. Terry, thank you uh, so much uh, for the phone call. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. Sharing your thoughts, sharing your memories uh, as we discuss the life of Bruce Suter. We will go to Jim, who's given us a call. Hi, Jim. You're on Sports Open Line. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. 1982, I went to game six and seven of the World Series. I had a full beard. And everybody said I looked like Bruce Suter. Well, the following fall, every time I went to a St. Louis Blues hockey game, I got asked for my autograph. (laughs) And it got so bad that I learned how to sign Bruce Suter's name to where it looked like his signature. And when he went in the Hall of Fame, my best friend and I talked, and I said, man, I hope those people didn't keep those signatures. (laughs) So should we be on Facebook? Have you ever gone to like eBay and looked up Bruce Suter uh, signed baseballs to see if any of your signatures are out there? I have not. I only have one autograph, and that is a picture of me while Stan usual autographed my harmonica case. So I don't need any other autographs. Awesome. Jim, thank you so much for the phone call. All right, thanks. All right, there's uh, Jim. Again, if you want to share your thoughts on uh, Bruce Suter, you can do so. We're handing things off to you. 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. You can call in or you can text in. You can also uh, tweet into the program if you'd like, uh, at Matt Pauly on air. Uh, Another text coming in to uh, the text line. Remember the 1982 World Series, two of the greatest closers of all time, but Raleigh Fingers was hurt, so it was just Suter, and he helped beat my team, the Brewers, but lots of memories watching him uh, as a kid, especially uh, with the Cubs. Uh, That comes in from uh, Doug in Wisconsin. Also, uh, another text message saying, uh, Suter and Force, heart and soul. So uh, continuing to get uh, text messages. Again, if you want to call 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, if you want to share your thoughts uh, on, on Bruce Suter and just what he meant to uh, the Cardinals organization, what he meant to baseball. We played earlier uh, the clip from him uh, in his induction ceremony uh, at, in Cooperstown. And you know, you could just tell, and we've had a lot of people say that he was a really normal guy. He was kind of, he was, he didn't like the attention, but he, he made the comment about, you know, on the, the day each year where it was announced who was going in, 
he had that question: was it was it good enough? Was it was he worth it? Uh, did he pitch well enough? And he he got that answer, and you could just tell in that what it what it meant to him. And you know, you look at his numbers, and it was it was his time with um, it was a little bit of time with the Cubs. And then certainly his time with the Cardinals. He struggled in Atlanta. His three years in Atlanta, his ERA went four four eight four three four four seven six. Um, with the Cubs, he obviously won the Cy Young Award in nineteen seventy nine with a two point two two ERA. His other year with the Cubs had some had some really good seasons in there, but he put it all together once he was able to uh, get to St. Louis. And of his four years in St. Louis. He only had one year where his ERA was above three and 83 had the four, two, three. Uh, but outside of uh, that had the 2.62, the 2.90 and the 1.54. And obviously will always be remembered for 82 and getting that final out against the Brewers. Let's go to uh, Scott. Who's given us a call. Hey, Scott, thanks for the call. You are on sports open line. Hey, thank you for taking my call. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, I just want to wish uh, the Suter family all the best. Uh, I think his uh, pitching coach taught him the uh, forkball, Mike Wark, I believe. It was something and, that he started to develop in the minor leagues, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did hear something about that. And watching him pitch was amazing. That forkball would come right at you. It looked like a strike right down the middle and it would just drop off the table in the last second. Just really great to watch him pitch and close out the games. Yeah, and Scott, I appreciate it. I think what really struck me from all our conversations today was the comments that were made by Kyle McClellan, who was a major league pitcher, who basically said, I I had no shot of throwing the split finger, and that Bruce Suter's hand was basically created to throw a split finger pitch which is interesting, just the how long his fingers were, the size of the hand, like it was the perfect uh, measurements of his hand to be able to get the grip that you need to be able to throw the split finger. Uh, Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, he issued a statement today, said, quote, I am deeply saddened by the news of the passing of Bruce Suter, whose career was an incredible baseball success story. Bruce ascended from being a non-drafted free agent to the heights of baseball by pioneering the split-fingered fastball. That pitch not only led him to the major leagues, but also made him a Cy Young Award winner with the Cubs and a World Series champion with the 1982 Cardinals. Bruce was the first pitcher to reach the Hall of Fame without starting a game, and he was one of the key figures who foreshadowed how the use of relievers would evolve. Bruce will be remembered as one of the best pitchers in the histories of uh, two of our most historic franchises. On behalf of Major League Baseball, I extend my condolences to Bruce's family, his friends and fans in Chicago, St. Louis, Atlanta, and throughout the game. Uh, There was also a statement that was issued uh, from the family, uh, from the Suter family, said Cardinal Nation, all our father ever wanted to be remembered as was being a great teammate, but he was so much more than that. He was also a great husband to our mother for 50 years. He was a great father and grandfather, and he was a great friend. His love and passion for the game of baseball can only be surpassed by his love and passion for his family. Being a St. Louis Cardinal was an honor he cherished deeply. To the Cardinals, his teammates, and most importantly, to the greatest fans in all sports, we thank you for all the love and support over the years. He'll be greatly missed, but his legacy will live on through his family and through Cardinal Nation. 
Mike has given us a call. Hey, Mike, you're on Sports Open Line. Hey, how are you doing this evening? Doing all right. That's awesome. Um, actually, like I said, I was a 10-year-old kid, and I was so nervous watching the game on the TV that I ran upstairs to the stereo and listened to Jack Buck make the famous ending call. Suter to the belt, deliver, strike three to Gorman Thomas. And I went crazy, and I just want to – I love Bruce Suter to death, and it's a very good loss today for St. Louis community. And that's all I got to say. All right, Mike. I, I appreciate the call. It is a loss, and it's a loss for – you know, we, we know that the Cardinals stretch throughout the region, throughout the world. The, the St. Louis Cardinals brand definitely stretches – Far beyond St. Louis and uh, baseball fans, Cardinal fans, certainly mourning today as uh, we find out earlier today that Bruce Tudor has passed away at the age of 69. All right, uh, we are going to actually finish the show on a little bit of a happier note. Had kind of a interesting, fun, not fun, inter- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you behind the scenes here at KMOX to an eventful evening yesterday. You Hopefully you would have had no idea listening to the show, but we had an eventful evening here at Sports Open Line yesterday involving our own sports producer extraordinaire, Matt Pajeski. We're going to tell you, he almost died. He, like it was, it was a scary situation, but he's here and he's good. And we're going to tell you what exactly happened behind the scenes at KMOX yesterday. Uh, so yeah, we'll lighten things up in uh, just a moment. This is sports open line on KMOX. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen sports open line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Just a few minutes left in the program. My name is Matt Pauly. If you want to hear uh, anything that we've done throughout uh, the program, especially our uh, conversations uh, earlier in the uh, program during the 6 o'clock hour with Rick Hummel, Kyle McClellan, and Ron Jacober as we reflected on the life of uh, Bruce Suter. You'll be able to find that in podcast form, KMOX.com. As always, the Odyssey app. You can find everything that we do uh, on the Odyssey app. And we've got the Cardinals Conversations podcast feed, which everything we do here at KMOX Cardinals related you can find, plus my uh, Cardscast podcast, which is an exclusive podcast, not something that is run on air. Uh, we've got that uh, in the Cardinals conversations as well. All right, so uh, we're going to kind of finish off the show on a little bit of a light note. It involves our sports producer, Matt Pajeski. He was going to join in. He's having a hiccuping uh, just fit right now, so I don't know if we're going to get him on Let's or not. Do it. I can try. Okay. He is, he's had an interesting last uh, 20, we'll say 27 hours. It's about 20 minutes before showtime yesterday. He's sitting in the sports office. I'm just babbling on about who knows what because that's what I do. I just talk and talk and talk and talk. And then all of a sudden he looks at me and I think he's going to, I don't even, I literally do not remember what I was saying to him, but I came to like a stopping point where it was time for him to say something. And he looks at me and he goes, not that I haven't been listening to you, but am I turning red? (laughs) So he has a peanut allergy, right? And saying that, okay. Peanuts, cashews, Brazil nuts. He was eating his dinner, which did not have any uh, visible peanuts or anything of the like in it. Uh, but evidently, there was some uh, infiltration at some point in the yeah. cooking process. Cross contamination is the word that Andrew Stolze used, and okay. I think that's I think that's the most accurate description of what happened. 
He was wearing a salmon shirt yesterday, and his face became significantly more salmon than the shirt that he was wearing. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. He then starts the freakout phase, and he decides he's going to run out to his car and get his inhaler because the inhaler might help when he's going into, what is it, anaphylactic shock? Is that what it's called? Okay. So he's going through anaphylactic shock, and he runs out to his car and does his inhaler. Um, He also grabs his EpiPen, which we later learned was completely expired and had no uh, nothing whatsoever in it. I'm running around looking for something that could maybe help him. My wife made fun of me so much last night for what I'm about to tell you. And she's somebody who for years worked in the medical field. I had I had Sudafed. I had like nasal decongestant. He couldn't breathe. I'm thinking, okay, I'll give him something that can maybe open up some sort of airway, even though it has nothing to do. So I, I gave him Sudafed, which again, my wife made fun of me so much for. Uh, what, uh, Andrew from the Dave Glover show, he stuck you with the EpiPen, right? Yeah. 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 I, I I was afraid that it was going to be a huge needle and that it was going to hurt really bad. And I didn't think I could do it myself. So I made him do it for me. So all the while you're having a hard time breathing. Your face has like blown up. You're a different color than you normally are. Uh, we're, by the way, also at 20 till, because there's a schnooks like three blocks from here, I said to you, do you want me to run to Schnooks, get you Benadryl, and come back? I was willing to do that. I could get back in 20 minutes. Uh, I, I walked down to Schnooks all the time to uh, grab lunch. You rejected my offer at that moment, which was a bad decision by you hey, in, in I, hindsight. I don't want to be a burden to anybody. I was ready to make the trip to Schnooks. I was going to jog down to Schnooks, get some Benadryl, and get back here. By the time you realized, okay, you really need Benadryl, uh, it was too late because this show starts at 6 o'clock. Our boss, Steve Moore, is trying to figure out like what what's going on. Uh, yesterday, in the first segment of the show, Rachel... From from the Dave Glover show was in your spot. She was running the uh, she was producing. She was running the board for the first segment. Andrew took you to Schnooks to get you the Benadryl. He then took over and he was here through about seven twenty uh, before they were able to get somebody else in here. And then your family comes by and picks you up and you go to the hospital. And I didn't hear from you until twelve thirty in the morning when you finally got home. Yeah, well, so I went to the ER at a Barnes Jewish Hospital, and um, the waiting room is packed full of people. I'm thinking, I'm going to be in here for two hours. But I sit down at the the desk. I tell the lady, hey, I'm having an allergic reaction right now to something I ate. And I, she says, Allison? And then (laughs) Allison comes by, whisks me away to to the uh, trauma center, and uh, I I skip the entire emergency room, waiting room, and uh, they, they start hooking me up with all sorts of IVs and electrodes, and I'm thinking, this might be serious. And it was. It's like the Disney Fast Pass. <laughs> yeah, the ER Fast Pass, yeah. That's a, say you're having an allergic reaction. We were all, like, legitimately scared here, and we got the first aid kit thinking maybe there would be Benadryl in the first aid kit. There wasn't. That's when you're doing your inhaler, yeah, and I'm giving you nasal decongestant. No, no Benadryl, but an abundance of uh, Flintstone gummies and uh, the Sudafeds <laughs> that you gave me. Yes, yeah, so, so there. But you're okay today. You're I'm, okay I'm today. Good. Yeah, you're good. Last night you said you had a little bit of a sore throat, yeah, and now sore you're throat. better today. I'm 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 back to normal. Yeah. So, uh, my wife told me, by the way, that our first mistake in this entire thing was when it first started happening that we didn't call nine one one. Yeah, this had never happened to me before, and 
I really didn't know what to do. I w- didn't want to make a scene. I'd rather, you know, f- freak out than <laughs> make a scene and uh, be a burden to everybody. So I was just totally lost. Um, yeah, but probably looking back at it now, should have been the should have been a call. Yeah, we're we're joking about it now, but it was a serious situation. Yeah, my wife said our mistake was not calling nine one one. So if you ever have one of those reactions again, Matt, I'm just telling you. I'm calling 911. Thanks. Hey, I, I, I got to thank you and your wife and Andrew and Steve and Aaron and everybody here at KMOX for taking care of me. You guys really made me feel better. I uh, I didn't do a thing except give you Sudafed, <laughs> which, again, my wife will. She just started laughing last night. Like, she looked at me like I was the stupidest person in the world. Most stupid, stupidest, most stupid person in the world And because I gave you Sudafed. It made sense to me. You can't breathe. I gave you something that helps you breathe. It's just a, it's a different pathway. Yeah. All right, that's it for uh, the program tonight. Thanks so much for uh, being tuned in. Have a wonderful weekend. We have a full week of shows next week, 6 to 8, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm looking forward to it. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, MoneyWise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcasts.